deep breath in and a slow breath out. Of course, that when you're breathing, you also should pay attention to the breath. Um, because this is the Mindfulness Podcast and uh, we want to at least hope we can be as mindful as possible in as many minutes and moments as possible throughout our days. Uh, so Lele here speaking to you in 2023 with Pat that is on my right or on my left or somewhere in the virtual world. Hi Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Good to see you in the new year and good to oh, yes. be heard by, by all our listeners. Hello. So thank you for listening us again this year. So I we have uh, you know the, we don't know how many podcasts we're going to do but definitely we're going to do as many podcasts as we need to share guests about mindfulness. We have a guest here waiting to that we will introduce very soon. Um then we will share news as usual, right? News what is happening in our communities, in our mindfulness communities, communities that have thousands of people, right? In IBM and with Pat and Kindrill. Um, and, you know, what are the activities, what are the initiatives, and why are we having a community, right? Um, so you want to start with uh, your news, Pat, whatever is worth sharing? Yeah, so um, I'm continuing my my role for mindfulness full-time this year, so, oh. so that's, that's good. And uh, as of February 1st, there's going to be a person joining the team. Nice. So two people. Um we have a lot of classes starting next week mm -hmm. and events and lots of now drop-in sessions. We're mm -hmm. doing mindful music and meditations. And I've managed to get all the movement and yoga leaders together. And now we have all the movement classes also in one calendar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So other than that, we're you know going to be growing the program. We're finalizing our badge and our self-paced online course. And looking forward to a mindful year and seeing how we could integrate it more into what we do and, and how we are. Nice. Okay, so from the IBM environment, so you mentioned a calendar. There is a calendar that I recommend everyone to, we put all the links, of course, below wherever we post this podcast, wherever you're going to see it, there is going to be a link to a mindfulness calendar, right? There you find the practices. Practices offered in, in case of IBM, we are like volunteers, IBMers doing it for um, because they like to share mindfulness or maybe to practice together. So that's one thing. Then this year there is going to be definitely a summit, maybe at the end of the year as usual, or maybe in April, I don't know, we will try to see. There is this podcast and plus one thing that we are going to start very soon uh, and below I can put also the link for the kickoff is going to be um, in March. Uh, there is a kickoff of the, the IBM mindfulness experience. It's a you know, 10 week experience. Uh, you can enroll to the kickoff to know what it is. And if you're interested to learn about mindfulness, to practice together and connect, um, you know, jo join the kickoff, have an idea and then enroll and you will do it. We are currently doing the train the trainer. So who finished the kickoff? Uh, no, who finished the, the experience last year now will start to be trained to become a trainer, uh, the volunteers to it so that, you know, you will find always new trainers and new people uh, to be able to do it. Right. So that's actually all from my side. Uh, our purpose together, me and Pat, is always the same. Bring more mindfulness to our corporate world because it makes us uh, more in the present, right? With all the benefits that it has to be more aware about the present. Yes, yes. but enough about us. And yes. What we're doing. Now, who, is our, who is our guest today? 
So I bring you uh, Sumona there. Very much pleasure to meet. I think during the last summit, last year the, during the summit, uh, was attending many sessions, right? And then at one point uh, contacted me and said, you know, I would like to do something more for the community, right? Because I like, um, you know, mindfulness as it is and uh, the purpose of it. So why don't, why not? So since then, uh, Nita, that is here with us, uh, started, you know, becoming part of the core team, right? So I, when we discussed about doing the next episode, why don't you come and share with us your mindfulness experience? So Nita, uh, welcome to the mindfulness podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the mindfulness community. Um, yeah, tell us something about you. Well, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for inviting me today. And uh, thank you for your warm welcome to the IBM mindfulness community. Um, I mean, should I say something about my role at IBM? Is that useful? Or should I go ahead and just jump right into mindfulness? Well, also, whatever you want, right? Yeah. You know, think <laughs> our listeners don't know All anything right? about you, right? How yeah. um, well, we know something more about you? Well, I'm, I'm a relatively new IBMer, so I've been with IBM for about one year and five months. Mm -hmm. and I'm working here in Belgium as a, a specialized bid writer. So I am the EU institution's um, proposal expert. So mm -hmm. I'm responsible for structuring and, and writing and determining the quality of these very specialized bids that we submit to mm. EU institutions for these big projects. Um, so that's what I've been doing. So I'm a new IBMer, but um, when it comes to mindfulness, um, I'm I'm not so new. I mean, I'm always new. I have tried to maintain a beginner's mind, so to speak. But um, uh, I was first exposed to mindfulness as as a practice, as a mm -hmm. university student. Um, so I was really, really heavy into studying Japanese language. Mm -hmm. So I, I did that for five years straight. So that covered both undergraduate and, and graduate school. Um, and I spent my summers in, the, in Japan. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was exposed to Zen Buddhism as the sort of, um, I mean, I, I guess it's considered a religion, but um, in Japan, I was exposed to it as, as a way of thinking, a sort of societal mm -hmm. way of, of thinking and acting that's present throughout Japanese life. And it's also an aesthetic, and this sort of fascinated me. So that's uh, how I first got exposed to Zen Buddhism, and then through that, um, the Zen mindfulness practice. Well, tell us more about... Um the Zen mindfulness practice or what that looked like? Well, so I've been exploring it for years um, with varying degrees of depth. And, and right now I'm pretty heavy into um, Zen Buddhism, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, I am interested in, in um, the history of the religion itself, but more interested in the day-to-day -day practices and their benefits. Um, so I was originally fascinated by the Zen practice of drawing the Enso, the, the circle that people are most many people are familiar with. It can be closed, it can be open. Um, it's one brush stroke, and uh, it's drawn to express a moment when the mind is free to let the body create. Thus says Wikipedia, which I found poetic. Mm. Um, and and Zen as a practice and as an aesthetic. Um, 
is very simple. It's very still. There's a reverence for for imperfection. Um, and one of the core principles of Zen is that the way you experience your life is deeply intertwined with the state of your mind. Mm -hmm. And and to me, that's a really powerful statement. You you have power over your experiences. Um, which leads to the core practice of Zen, which is Zazen, mm -hmm. um, which is translated just as, as I guess it's sitting meditation or, or seated meditation. Um, and this is practiced to enable you to learn about yourself, the, the way your mind works, um, to achieve stillness and, and, and ultimately gain the space or the insight that you need to show compassion to all beings so there you have it the the zen the underlying principle and then the practice that supports the principle so that's uh and and i'm not a teacher i'm i'm no buddhist um certified anything i'm, I'm not mm -hmm. even sure how you, how you get that power but um this is how i have interpreted <laughs> zen and, and sort of distilled it in, into these things Nice. I think I, I met Pat when we met the, the beginning. We were actually um, in a kind of telling or reading a lot of the Zen stories, right? Oh, yeah. I remember it. So I, I think that Zen a lot is uh, uh, communicated through stories and example, right? Yeah. But even um, when we think about some of those, the, the, the logo that we have, you know, the, the Enzo, there, there was a lot in that. And I remember listening a lot to Alan Watts in the beginning, also talking about mm -hmm. Zen and, and the Enzo symbol. And I really like this. And I'm curious about, you know, some of the, the ways that you talked about how do we practice this kind of more informally? How do we bring this, this sense of stillness or simplicity or interconnectedness into, you know, the, the normal day, not mm -hmm. just in time where we're sitting and uh, meditating. Mm. Well, that's a good question. I think of, of Zazen, if it is a question, but um, Zazen itself is quite formal as, as a rule. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, that's the thing about Zen Buddhism is Zazen, you, you give yourself space to, to sit and really focus 100% on sitting, and, and that's the that's the whole goal, the purpose of it. Um, it's not to think about anything. It's not to think about not thinking. It's really just to be a hunk of meat sitting on the floor for X number of minutes or even hours. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how compatible it is with. Uh, I guess any moment could be could be a moment to return to your breathing or to mm -hmm. the observation of the flow of your thoughts rather than interacting with your thoughts. Um, yeah, or just oh, remembering yeah. you're that, that hunk of meat. <laughs> Pardon? Or just remembering you're, you're a hunk of meat moving. Yes, <laughs> be present in, in your hunk of meat in this moment um, and without closing your eyes too because you are still engaging Mm -hmm. With the moment, you're not sinking into your mind. You're 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 here and present. But uh, yeah, maybe I need to to alter my thinking and not set aside these these um, chunks of time to be a chunk of meat. 
mm. <laughs> and just <laughs> set aside a few minutes here and there to uh, to return to that state. Also, you you were sharing that you know part what what you are doing, right? Your job um, and job role is uh, very complex, right? So you deal with. Uh, a lot of complexity is something that has an exposition because you go out to, to a client that is a public client. So for this, uh, how is the practice helping you to be a better professional? You're asking me? Yes. Ah, yes. Hmm. So I'm sure you, you are both familiar with um, all of these evidence-based studies that show the benefits of, of meditation, whether that's uh, but meditation and mindfulness, um, whether that's the sort of Zen style objectless meditation or a guided meditation or um, or these uh, gratitude exercises that I've enjoyed participating in um, with fellow IBMers. But um, for me, personally, um, I feel like I can remove myself from emotional situations. <laughs> um, I can remove myself from the experience of stress. I can focus more clearly on the elements that are important or meaningful. And I don't know, it's it's a sort of, um, it's a training of the mind. Um, so it, it's clear that meditation lowers blood pressure. It mm -hmm. Um, it's associated with a lower incidence of depression and anxiety, mm -hmm. um, reports of higher well-being, etc. Um, so it's clear from this that the mind has an impact on the body and a bigger impact than we know. And when we train our minds, um, yes, we, be, we, we, we gain more insights into our patterns of thought um, and we can, yeah, we can, oh, it's, it's hard to explain, but I'm no longer like sunk into my experiences. I am more observing them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have more, not control, but a higher level of acceptance and I'm fighting less to control them. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So as, as a profession, I, I'm just very stress resilient. As professional mm -hmm. and we know a uh, european commission or agency bids can be quite stressful to submit and go through so <laughs> yeah, work in a corporate in general right whatever but particularly if you are uh, uh, facing outside i would say right because you get uh, you know if yeah. you don't do it well you lose uh, money clients opportunities right and you cannot lose that mm. so that's where the pressure yeah, it's important to maintain a certain distance from it. And um, I find that mindfulness helps helps me there immensely. Yeah, there's something about that um, viewing thoughts as mental events and, and not as facts. Mm -hmm. I think what you were you were describing or the way that I'm interpreting it is you know, there's all this stuff that's happening amidst this chaos and through your practice and through our practices, we become more aware of all oh, this is happening. Oh, I'm having these kinds of thoughts. I'm feeling this, et cetera. And we kind of hold that in our awareness. And then we, we have more agency or mental flexibility to, to choose what we give attention to or what we focus on. Yeah. And then, like you said, the, the ultimate goal of being compassionate and kind and, and gratitude is, 
that's always there supporting us to respond skillfully to even those those darkest of thoughts that that arise in, in all of our experiences yes indeed and, and that also applies to interactions with others in these stressful situations mm. so we're working together to accomplish these big overwhelming things and um it not only helps me help myself but it gives me space to help others mm -hmm. and how is the then your day translated with it right how yeah. is your practice or how do you move on um, with it? Well, i have gone to meditation sessions at local zendos mm -hmm. but i i often practice at home i try to do so three four or five times a week mm -hmm for at least 30 minutes at a time. And um, Zazen as a practice, it sounds very simple, but I find it to be very, very difficult. <laughs> mm. um, because like I mentioned before, it's it's objectless. There's there's no, it, it is the experience. It's There's no journey, there's no thinking, there's no focus. I mean, you can, in Zen there, there are, um, exercises in, in meditation that are focused on the koans, of course. Mm -hmm. But shikantaza, which is what I do, which means simply just sitting in Japanese, mm -hmm. is really simply just sitting for 30 minutes with your eyes open. Um, so three times a week, I sit for 30 minutes, usually during the morning. And yeah, I try to be the best hunk of meat, the most thorough, most complete, hunk of meat that I possibly can. Um, and in case I have a busy mind, which is very, very often, I I do I use the practice of counting the breaths on the exhale from mm. one to ten and then returning back to one. Um, and in some in some cases, um, in some contexts, my mind is so busy that I never really get past one. I get to one and I'm distracted. <laughs> Mm. I lose my my focus on one, um, and then I return to one. So every breath is essentially an opportunity to start again. Now, if you lose count, if you go to thirteen or sixty, it's that your next breath is your opportunity to return to one. And the goal, it, it's not, it's not to not think. It's to observe the flow of thoughts don't engage with them um like watching a watching boats on a river or cars on a highway and then gently returning to the present moment with each breath mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard sometimes it's really easy but usually it's hard <laughs> um but when it does when I am, I can't even use the word successful because there is no success or failure in Zazen. It's just the moment, there's always, always a moment um, that the very next moment or the moment you're in <laughs> um, to return to here and, and now and you right now. Hmm. Um, oh. So, so I try to do this endlessly every day or every other day. And yeah, I, I do feel the benefits of it. I've been um, 
this this past week taking my uh, my practice group through um, something that I that I learned recently. You know, kind of trying to put more into words the the practices and it's the uh, the spectrum of awareness practices. Um, and there's sort of four components. Mm-hmm. The first one is focused awareness where you're focusing on a particular object, like you said, counting or the breath, and, you know, and the mind wanders, you bring it back. Uh, then there's investigative awareness where you're still focusing on one thing, but when the mind wanders, rather than quickly returning it back, you spend a little bit of time investigating, oh, my attention went there, what's that, et cetera. And the third is choiceless awareness where you're, you're just open and kind of like you said, watching the weather or the clouds and okay, there's sensations in the belly, there's a sound and we're not grabbing onto it. We're not investigating, we're just recognizing, we're not choosing. Mm-hmm. And then the, the fourth, which I'm hearing you saying is what they're calling natural awareness, just this being, you know, this hunk of meat, this mm-hmm each moment is fresh and new and the last time and, and all that. And you know, there's something about that, that I can't put into words. It's something that we have to sense and feel and experience in our own. And the word is mu. Mm. The void. Yes, indeed. Mm. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, in, in if we translate it in our, you know, Word, corporate work would be no practice, no expectation, uh, no mind, maybe, right? And in itself, like you might see that there is no purpose, right? But actually, that's the point in itself, right? That is the point. I think that that contrast is very much needed, you know, to understand our nature and the nature mm-hmm. of the mind, because we are so much driven and doing and thinking and problem solving, and there has to be something. Where in practicing, experiencing this void, yeah, it just allows you better to understand yourself and the interaction with others, and yeah, and I think even more the particularly you know, in our business world, right, one of the hardest thing to to fight against is the ego, right, because it's mm-hmm. it's there, it's part of the career, it's part of uh, uh, you know working in a, with many other people where you try to be useful, but also to be you know moving forward and that's something that maybe slips away right? and when uh, as Nita described you try to really be just there as just uh, you know just there maybe yeah. that's also something you realize yeah, I'm not so important and uh, nothing is so important well, building on that I feel like we spend so much of our time not in the present. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we are, of course, here, but we're thinking about the past. We're thinking about potential futures. We're thinking about fictional futures. We're mm. always on some other place in our timeline. Our, our mind is focused on some other place on our timeline. And, and here in the Western world, it's so rare that we get to just drop mm. right into that. So, um... I'd love to go further and <laughs> extend the conversation a lot more, but maybe um, a short practice, you know, maybe a, a quick few minutes zazen practice. I don't know if you'd like to take us through something. Um, sure, why not? So for zazen, 
you sit traditionally on a cushion, a zafu, um, in the lotus position or the half lotus position, but just sitting in a chair with your feet on the ground is also 100% okay. Um, so to prepare yourself for your meditation, you rock back and forth, you make sure you're very firmly seated with your, um, your back straight and your head with your chin tilted slightly down and forward. And then you close your eyes two thirds. So they're one third open and you fix your, your vision softly on a point about one meter on the ground ahead of you or in space. And just think of yourself seated here in your chair. Turn your attention to the points where your body touches the chair or the ground or the cushion. Place your hands in your lap. Um, the traditional position for your hands is um, cupped. Your, your right hand is cupped, is cupping your left hand, and the, the tips of your thumbs are touching. This is, I, I believe it's called the cosmic mudra, but um, there's probably another word for it. But you can also lay your hands cupped in your lap. Now you don't need to do anything with your breath. You don't need to breathe more deeply or shallowly. But just observe what you're thinking. And if you find yourself pursuing a train of thought, stop gently and return to sitting, just sitting in your chair and being here in this moment. Sit silently and observe what happens in your mind, returning always to the present moment, because this is all you ever have, this moment. And as you sit, you can count your breaths on the exhale from one to 10, returning back to one. And we can do this for four or five minutes.
Thank you for sharing these moments with me. Welcome to this present moment. I hope you achieved a little bit of stillness in those few minutes. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed that. My pleasure. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you, Pat, as usual, for being Pat. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, really appreciate you being here uh, and listening to our podcast. Um, it's precious for particularly us that we, for you know, several uh, 60 plus 65 episodes we were here. Um, so thank you again. Keep doing it. Keep listening. Keep sharing. And have a mindful day.